Now they're going for 21 in the game. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three, down to two. It's a three. Good! Good! He got it! James Harden, a flamethrower! Incredible shot! Rockets by one with one second to go! How you guys doing? Thank you for tuning into the Lost Art Podcast. My name is Drew and I am your host. Today I got a couple things lined up. First, I want to talk about the rookie sensation that is Luka Doncic. Also, I kind of want to discuss the coaching turmoils that seem to be happening in Philly and Los Angeles. And lastly, why I believe James Harden is a front runner for this year's MVP. But first... Yo, had to get my had to get my had to get my numbers up. Last time went enough, so I had to double up. They was never down for me till they see me coming up. Now they won't be one of us, cause I got the city jumping like a double dust. Shorty looking like she got a tummy tuck and a butt shot. How you guys doing? Welcome back. Thank you guys for taking the time out of day to give me a listen. As always, any feedback or anything will be greatly appreciated. Um, I did get some good feedback on my first episode, you know, some things to work on. I'm pretty sure the audio is going to be a lot better on this video. Um, I'm actually back home in Los Angeles where I can, you know, have a better controlled environment of, you know, the sounds and everything. So I hope that you guys can hear the difference because I, I believe it's, it's a, you know, a change and a, a good change. Um, did you guys recognize that intro clip um, that happened with the Warriors and Rockets game. I had to put that um, because that's what I want to talk about first is James Harden. And, and like I said, why I believe he's the MVP for this year. Um, that game was amazing. And James Harden's been on a, a crazy stretch, a scoring stretch that we haven't seen since Kobe Bryant. I believe he's averaging about 40 points in his last 11. I'm going to pull up the stats for you guys right quick. But just something ridiculous over his last couple of games. Um, he's averaging 42, 7, and 9 and a half. Um, assist over his last 11 games and coincidentally the Rockets are 10 and 1 in those um, last couple games and you know how I mentioned before about why I think Anthony Davis is in top five and why James Harden has kind of put himself in that in, in that position and an argument I've seen arguments on Twitter now you know people saying he's top two top three top four um, I still have him maybe four or five um he did knock out the defending champs, and he did, you know, basically steal the show against the Warriors that game against who I think are the number two and number three players in the NBA in um, Steph and, and KD. But, um, yeah, James Harden is, is nothing short of amazing. If you look over his last three weeks, the games he's dropped, I mean, like 50, 10, and 11. He has a 47, 6, and 5 game thrown in there, a 49, 4, and 10 game thrown in there. And then, like I mentioned before, against the Warriors, a 44, 10, and 15 game over them. Like, this is basically ridiculous. And he's doing all of this when you watch that game. His usage rate is probably, like, I don't even know. Um, I don't know how it goes, but it's probably the highest we've ever seen. Uh, it's just at the top of my head, probably a guess. Uh, he's doing stuff we haven't seen before. And unlike that scoring stretch we saw from Kobe, he's, like, distributing the ball, too. Kobe was kind of just, like, you know, Kobe would get his five, six, seven, maybe seven assists a game. And... They'll be dropping these 40, 50 point games. But James Harden is doing it in a way that, like I mentioned, like I said, we, we've never seen this before. Somebody who's consistently, you know, getting those those 40 point games. And the amount of threes he's taking is ridiculous. But, you know, getting those 44 um, plus point games and also following it up by getting 10, 10 assists 
plus games and like against the Warriors he got 15 assists and then you know the 10 rebounds um, just to top it off just to show his overall game he's basically carrying them to the position that they are now um, if I look now at the standings in the Western Conference the Rockets are currently let me get us a look um, 22 and 15 the number four seed behind Denver Oklahoma City and Golden State um, and this is basically all these wins are coming without Chris Paul so it's Literally, James Harding running running high pick and rolls for ninety percent of the game, and and just tearing teams apart. He's like I said, he's essentially unguardable, um, and, and it's crazy to see. And just looking at that Warriors game, it, it's kind of funny. I was talking about it how um, the refs kind of got a, a pass from James Harden. You know, he kind of uh, let him off the hook a little bit because that that missed call on KD was ridiculous. Um, I'm not even a person that really doesn't complain about you know foul calls and stuff. Um, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, but I do like the Warriors. I grew up in Oakland. Um, I've been watching the Warriors my whole life. So, you know, like, I, I have, like, a, a soft spot for them. So I, I don't really sit there and complain about, you know, the Warriors get this and the Warriors get that. You know, it's whatever to me. It, it's at the end of the game, it's, it's basketball. At the end of the day, it's basketball. You know, refs miss call. But that call on KD, that was ridiculous. I mean, he, like, was two feet. Both of his feet were out of bounds. He was... It was nowhere close. I don't know what the refs were looking at. I haven't seen, like, the last two-minute report or anything. I'm pretty sure they're going to say they missed it, but it's kind of weird that it's kind of like something that big of a call can be missed. And I was just thinking, imagine if that was a finals game. Like, can that still be reviewed or anything? I don't know. But imagine if that was a finals game or something like that and James Harden missed that shot, you know, instead of making that shot. Um, that's stuff that goes down, you know, as people thinking that the NBA is, is a joke and that the refs are, you know, trying to rig the game or anything, which I don't think is true, but you kind of add to that, that, that arguments when you have, you know, missed calls like that. I mean, these guys get paid what's like six figures a year and pretending to miss something like that. Something as, as obvious as that is a little, it's a little weird, but luckily, like I said, James Harden let him off the hook with that ridiculous shot. Um, and like I, why I think he should be the MVP. I mean, before, you know, I was on the Giannis and Kawhi because of their records. Um, I've always been, you know, that guy that was advocating for, like, you know, the best player on the best team. To me, that's, that makes the most sense, you know. Unless it's something ridiculous, somebody's just like, you know, which James Harden has fit into that category where he's playing ridiculous. This team would be nowhere near where they are without him. Like I said, 10-1 um, and one in their last 11 games. Um all on James Harden's shoulders like you know their second best player is probably Capella third best is uh Eric Gordon probably most likely you know PJ Tucker is a really good defender he's really valuable in that kind of way that you don't see in a box score all the time you know he guards the best player and hustles and all the hustle stats but you know just from a pure talent perspective they, they have no business being in the top you know four top three uh like, they're, they're only um, two games behind the Warriors. I don't think they catch up to them, but, you know, they have no, like I said, they'll have no position being where they are. And to see James Harden do this is, is something we've never seen before in probably history. You know, I wasn't, maybe, you know, and, and Wilt and, you know, Oscar, those guys doing, you know, uh, stuff in the statue like this. But, you know, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this before. Um, you know, LeBron had stretches where he was dropping triple doubles. Um, you know, even Westbrook. I mean, the volume of threes that James Harden is, is hitting um, is, like I said, just ridiculous. Um, I'm going to go back and pull up that box score because I think he took uh, he took a lot of threes. Let me pull it up before I just you know say something off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, and to me, you know, Kawhi has a good team. Giannis has a good team built around him. Like, they, you know, they have good teams built around them. But if you want to talk about, like, the most valuable person to a team, to their team, it has to be James Harden. And he's been, you know advocating for getting that, that second um, MVP. And honestly, can you blame him? I mean, 
I mean, you know, um, he has like a really good case. Um, but let me see. James Harden took 23 threes in that game. He went 10 for 23, um, hit 43% of his three, which is still a crazy amount of, um, you know, crazy percentage to shoot on, especially on that volume. Um, he has the ultimate green light, probably greener than steps right now. Um, there's been a lot of people I know have been cl complaining about the Warriors rotations, um, and I will have to agree in that situation. Um, you know, there's no reason why Steph and Katie should have been sitting for that long and, and allowed the Rockets to make the comeback like that. But, I mean, you know, he like I said, he showed why why he, should, in my mind, should be the front runner for the MVP. Um, but when you look at the box score for the Warriors, you know, I mean, Steph did his thing, you know, KD did his thing, Clay, you know, they, they're all, you know, Draymond had his almost triple-double. They played a great game and went to overtime, but ultimately, I mean, he was unstoppable, um, James Harden. And, you know, of course, um, Capella, you know, he had a 29-21 and 21 game. You can't really, um, you know, overlook that. But besides that, I mean, you know, House had 17, Rivers had 18. You know, they were getting, you know, okay contributions from everybody. But it was, when you look at the box score, it's funny. You see James Harden basically just leading them in literally every category, including turnovers. But, I mean, nobody really cares about that. Um, especially on that type of volume, but the Rockets, like I said, they have no business being that um, that high of a seed. So it, it's it's kind of dope to see. I know people on Twitter they complain about you know him getting to the free throw line so much, but I mean he's not out there foul calling the fouls. You know it's it's the refs. You can probably get mad at the refs. Um, he has a little gimmicky game. I know where he makes you foul him, but at the end of the day, a foul is a foul. You know he, he's he's huge. He's quick. Um, his handle is ridiculous. He can hit, you know, step back threes. It's kind of hard to defend him. He's basically unguardable at this point. You kind of just hope he misses. Um, and the Warriors, you know, early in the game, I remember tweeting at halftime that James Harden's kind of showing why he's not as valuable um, or why people have those arguments. Sorry, not as why he's not as valuable, but why people have those arguments against him where they say that, you know, he's he shouldn't be, you know, anywhere in MVP conversation. Um, I heard, like, you know, Richard Jefferson said it. And um, when you go back and, and look, he was the the Warriors kind of just weren't fouling him. You know they were uh, running backwards. They were had their hands up, absorbing the contact from him. He was trying to get his foul calls, but um, you know the refs weren't calling him. The, the Warriors weren't fouling him. But he James Harden showed that you know like when he gets hot, when he, especially when he's hitting those crazy threes. I mean, there's really nothing you can do. And when somebody's taking twenty three threes, like people may say that you know that's kind of like jacking a lot of threes, but. To be able to get off 23 decent looks and to hit, you know, 10 of them, um, that's not easy to do. Like, there's probably some people in the NBA, if you told them to get off 23 good looks at the three-point line, they wouldn't be able to do it. So, you know, sometimes people just look for stuff to harp on. I think we should be appreciating what James Harden is doing right now. Um, you know, it, it's kind of crazy to see how, how the team performs when he's not on the floor. They basically just just try to buy him some rest in between you know it's funny when you watch they don't they really do anything when, he, when he's not out there they kind of maybe eric gordon you know hits a couple threes or gerald green you know does something like that but um for the most part they they, they try to buy minutes for james harden to come back in and, and carry him um and like i mentioned before the team would be nowhere near the top if he didn't decide to just do what he's doing now you know they have no business being the fourth seed um and you know, speaking of MVP candidates, I might as well just go ahead and segue to my next my next um, topic. Um, I want to talk about the coaching turmoil. I'm gonna start over in Los Angeles because that's my team. I'm gonna start with them first. And um, you know, MVP candidate LeBron James um, has missed a couple games now. And the Lakers, I mean, they look kind of bad. Um, today, 
it's Friday. Um, I'm kind of recording this around midnight, so it's going into Saturday. But that Lakers Knicks game just went off, and and it, it, I don't even know what to say anymore. That team looks. It's like they play with no heart. It's weird. Um, you know, I've I've had my you know grievances and stuff I mentioned before about Lonzo, but you know it's not you know just Lonzo. You know Ingram, you know Kuzma's out, but Ingram looks like you know he looks fine for three quarters. That's the problem with this team now, which I guess you can kind of attribute to you know they don't have their closer anymore in LeBron James. You know him been out, but at some point they got to figure this out, man. I mean I know a lot of people. I've been. A, the person to say, you know, don't blame the coaches, don't point the finger at the coaches because, I mean, the players aren't that good. That's been my stance. I don't think this young core is that good. I mean, they're, to me, they're solid, but if you want to have that, like, you know, if you're looking for that star out of them, I don't think either of them are it. Uh, you know, Kuzma, um, B.I., uh, Hart, or, or Zoe, I, I think they're all, like, complimentary players, which is nothing wrong with that, but I just think that's what they are. And LeBron kind of is that, like, driving force behind them, um, as expected, but they've kind of free fall they were the fourth seed i believe when he went down and now they're currently sitting at the number eight spot um they're one and a half games ahead of sacramento um two games basically two and a half games from dropping all the way down to the uh 12 seed i don't think that's going to happen though but dallas is currently at 18 and 20 lakers are 21 and, and 18 so like i said about three no two and a half games yeah separates them um but at the end of the day you never know man because like, the, this loss to the Knicks should not have happened. The Knicks don't have that many quality players on that roster. You know, they play hard. Fisdale's a good coach. But they don't have anywhere near the amount of talent the Lakers have. Just from, like, you know, just looking at it from a purely talent perspective, you know. Lakers have a lot of good, solid, you know, veterans. Um, and then the young players, you know, they can give you something every night. But, yeah, I don't know. Um and then with all of this losing happening, um, I think they won one out of the last four with LeBron gone. Um, with all this losing that happening, it, it's kind of hard to justify, you know, for me to have Luke Luke's back on this. His offensive sets are, are kind of rudimentary, um, and they don't really do anything special down the stretch. Um, you know, like I said, when they're playing, you know, three quarters and everything is flowing, you know, guys are getting open shots, um, you know, teams aren't really playing the same amount of defense, um, you know, it, it all looks good, you know, Ingram's rolling, you know, Lonzo's hitting threes, uh, you know, Kuzma when he's playing is, you know, doing his thing, but when the last five minutes of the game happen, um, <clears throat> we see this every single year, we see this every, like, as long as you've been watching basketball, especially in the playoff times, but the game always slows down, and it gets down to that, you know, nitty-gritty, half-court offense where you need to run good sets or you kind of have to have a star and the Lakers don't do neither really well um and LeBron's probably built us out of a lot of fourth quarter you know mishap where you can kind of give him the ball and, and good things that happen and without him you can see the the flaw um in Luke's system you know I'm doing system right now with the quote fingers um you can see the flaw in the system it's like they just run a high pick and roll with Brandon Ingram of all players um he's never been that guy I don't know why they're trying to make him into this guy um, every once in a while, you know, he makes good decisions against the Kings. You know, he kind of bailed us out. The Kings the second time. He bailed us out, you know, in the fourth quarter. You know, did his thing. I think he had like eight or something assists, you know. And he has games like that every once in a while. But at the end of the day, he's not that guy where you want to keep giving him the ball and telling him to make something happen. And unfortunately, they don't have that guy on the roster um, to run high pick and rolls with because, as I've always said, and, you know, a lot of people are kind of uh, – catching on to it now you know why isn't Lonzo doing this and to be honest Lonzo just is, is not that good at running pick and rolls he's not that type of player in the half court 
like I said before, he's a full court, you know, get up and down type of player. But when the game slowed down, it, it kind of highlights his the big flaws in his game where he's not a really good decision maker. Um, tonight, you know, he came off the pick and roll. Not saying he's not a good decision maker. Sorry, he's not a good decision maker when it comes to making secondary um, plays in the pick and roll. Um, tonight, you saw him come off, and when he had to make that split decision, he he basically couldn't. He came off the pick and roll. He jumped in the air to make the pass instead of you know surveying, taking his time off the pick and roll which he has gotten better at, you know, putting defenders in jail and stuff like that. But, you know, he kind of reverted back to his his old ways where he comes off the pick and it's like he didn't even look at the basket. He he jumped and looked to make the pass and he was already in the air and he threw a turnover and it was that was basically the game right there. Um, and the young players, you know, young players make those type of mistakes, but the, the margin for error in the West is so small, you know. It's like those little mistakes are highlighting, especially, you know, we, Lakers got the biggest fan base in the in the league maybe with the Knicks but I'm pretty sure they had the biggest fan base in the league and especially with LeBron and it's kind of hard to you know for fans to be patient when when stuff like that happens those are like elementary things where um especially when you're playing with LeBron you know when we were when we sucked it was kind of you know you can gloss over stuff like that nobody really cares uh winning and losing doesn't really matter it's all about development but when you have LeBron on your team unfortunately you, you don't get those same opportunities to develop you know you got to either be ready or not because you know lebron's going to be ready and lebron's most likely going to get you to the playoffs which means you you got to sink or swim you got to be ready for those big moments and those big moments you can't make those same type of mistakes so um you know but going back to the, the original point of the topic was about luke you know this is all on him um not all of it but a lot of it's on him where you have um bi making those decisions where he's trying to come off pick and rolls and he's not really that strong he's not a great playmaker you know if he's hitting those mid-range jump shots that's kind of what he is now if he hit no mid-range jump shots it looks good um and if he's not i mean he's not um when he gets fouled he doesn't really hit at the line but i believe he was six for six tonight which is encouraging to see um you know you, you gotta take these good things from these type of games too you can't it can't all be negative um but let me just go ahead and pull up this box score really fast. Um, Brandon Ingram, oh yeah, five for five from the line, but he went eight for twenty-one from the field. Um, he was kind of pressing down the stretch when there's not really any other options. I mean, Josh Hart was yeah two for eleven from the field, so he didn't give you anything offensively. Lonzo, you know, he hit his shots today. Um, he had a lot of threes, but you know, down the stretch, it, it's hard to it's hard to find a good lineup. I know Luke, he uh, he kind of struggles with lineups too, where he'll you know, he said um, KCP, who's been our probably most consistent shooter um, all year. And then when with Josh Hart down the stretch, it kind of didn't work out. Um, but, I mean, I don't know how much longer, you know, Magic and, and Palinka are going to sit back and kind of give Luke the benefit of the doubt. You know, he wasn't there higher. Um, as we've known in the past, you know, when new front offices come in, they're kind of not attached to anybody on the roster. They gave Luke a, a decent um shot you know and it's kind of unfair because you know um lebron is being hurt so you know you can't really see the roster at full strength and kuzma's being hurt a little bit but i mean x's and o's shouldn't go away when one player goes down and even when lebron was out there there's, there's not a lot of really um a lot of x's and o's being ran anyway you know the offense is, is rudimentary um and down the stretch, it was kind of like give the ball to LeBron and let him do his thing. And now they're trying to just say get the ball to Ingram and let him do this thing. And, and neither of them are really what you want. Um, you know, it may work here and there, but more often than not, it's gonna it's gonna catch up to you. Especially like I said, when it comes to playoff time, 
um, we saw um, coaches get out coached and everything. Um, so um, I don't know. I don't know if Luke will make it <laughs> to the playoffs. Um, I'm like if I had a bet. If I had a bet, I, I would probably say. I would say Luke maybe gets canned at the All Star break, but at the same time, it's like who else do you get? You know, uh, Mark Jackson. I mean, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know who, I don't know what else you get. You know, Mark Jackson maybe, um, Van Gundy. Um, I don't know. It's not really a lot of uh, great options out there, you know. So Luke might just be able to ride this out for the lack of better options until the off season when they can do a little more, you know, research. Maybe get a guy from overseas or maybe you know one of these college guys. I don't know, but but like I, t- I mentioned before about getting out coached, um, might as well go ahead and segue to my other coach that I believe is maybe in a little bit of turmoil. But it's a little bit harder to 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 gauge this team. Um, but it's Brett Brown for Philly. Um, because you look at them right now, I mean, they're 25 and 14, currently fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, Indiana has passed them up, which is uh, a little surprising. I actually didn't know that before I started recording this, but yeah, uh, Indiana's passed them up. So yeah, they're sitting at the fourth seed. They're a good team, you know, but we saw last year um, Brett, Brown, Brett Brown got seriously outcoached by um, Brad Stevens. Um, in my opinion, there was no reason why um, Boston should have won that game. You know, they had the veterans, so you may, maybe you can say technically, you know, um, Ben Simmons was a rookie, um, you know, and at the end of the day, it was their first run at the playoffs. But, I mean, it, watching them try to run that, that offense was ridiculous. And it's funny because another guy has kind of said something about it, and, you know, people don't like to hear it. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler, um, Woj tweeted out earlier today that Jimmy Butler was um, challenging Brett Brown on his role in the offense and also talking about, you know, basically talking about how the way he's been used, he didn't like the way he's been used. And, um, I mean, it's funny because we all talk about it on Twitter about Brett Bounds, you know, his X and O suck. The fans talk about his X's and O suck. But then Jimmy Butler comes out and everybody's like, oh my God, Jimmy Butler's like this, I don't know, this, this bad guy. He's a cancer. And, you know, he hasn't had a really good locker room, um, problems, but, I mean, he hasn't really had good locker room, like, chemistry. But when you go back and look at it, I mean, when when has Jimmy Butler ever been wrong? It's like he's saying everything that we say all the time, and people just don't like it because he's saying it. But we've all caught, you know, town soft, and we all said Wiggins is soft, and Wiggins sucks, and Wiggins is super athletic and can do all this stuff, but he's not using to the best of his ability. And then when Jimmy Butler says it, it's like, oh, he's a cancer. But, I mean, like... Maybe it's a cancer, you know, but at the same time, when has Jimmy Butler lied, you know? Jimmy Butler's been, been right. He knows more about basketball than probably all of us. And, I mean, like I said, he, he's telling the truth. Uh, but this is just a quote from that uh, the article on ESPN. Um, it says, Butler has expressed a desire to teammates that he hopes to play in more traditional pick and roll and isolation sets rather than trying to find his place in the Sixers' free-flowing offense, Lee Sources said. In the search for in searching for answers, sorry, Butler has met privately with Brown and his coaching staff, staff as well as general manager Elton Brand. League sources tell ESPN. So, I mean, it's not like he's yelling it out, you know, from the from the in practices like he was doing, you know, calling out um, Towns and them. Um, 
he he did the right thing. You know, he went to the coaches. He went to the front office. He expressed his concerns. I mean, what else do you want from your star player if you want him to just not say anything about it? But, I mean, you know, we don't like Jimmy Butler, I guess, which I understand. Um, but it, it's kind of been something that we've talked about where I don't believe Brett Brown is utilizing his 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 roster the right roster the white the right way sorry um and like i said last year against um boston we saw it happen and maybe jimmy butler is seeing the same thing maybe jimmy butler doesn't want a boston 2.0 to happen you know the free-flowing offense works well when it's free-flowing um but i mean you got jimmy butler to be that guy because last year you saw that last year you saw that they weren't making those those critical you know plays down the stretch where ben simmons his inability to hit outside shots kind of came back to haunt him and i'm one of those guys who say you know ben simmons doesn't necessarily need a jumper to be effective um he's so good at so many other things that you can kind of you know wait for the jumper to catch up and i always been saying you know we saw Giannis become this this beast and i honestly don't see any reason why ben simmons won't at least reach that um, you know, better playmaker probably won't be a, as dominant in the paint, but you know, it'd be somewhere close to, to Giannis at his peak. Giannis did, wasn't doing this, Giannis wasn't this good this early, you know. Uh, ben Simmons is going to be fine, but I, I say, you know, I don't like that Ben Simmons, especially in the playoffs, has always been at the top of the key because I feel like that, that kind of takes away from, um, you know, you're kind of making him into a Rondo at that point or, or like, somebody who, who's a liability out there because he won't shoot the three. You know, at least, like, Lonzo and, and even, like, um, Rondo, um, they're going to shoot it if you leave them wide open. You know, even if they don't make it, you know, sometimes the threat is just, you know, you might put one up as enough to get a defense, to be honest, but there's there's nothing coming from out there. Um, even Giannis is shooting a little bit of threes this year. You know, like I said, just a threat sometimes is enough, um, but you know Ben Simmons is not going to shoot that three. So until he does that, like as a coach you gotta um you know change up the way you use him maybe use him in the high post a little bit more because all he needs is about one dribble from there to to get to the basket um maybe use him in the high post or um i know he's not a really good post player but i know it has gotten better and i believe that's something that's going to be in his, his bag um pretty soon if not you know within the next couple of years he's going to have that in his bag um he's too crafty around the rim you know, can use both hands. He's basically right-handed when he's down there. But as he gets more comfortable, you know, use both hands down there. He's going to be a, a problem down there. And I would probably, you know, um, look for different ways to, to maybe not always have him at the top of the key. Um, I see Jimmy Butler's talking about having, like, a more traditional pick-and-roll offense, which makes sense. Um, let's say you have a pick-and-roll with, you know, maybe TJ McConnell at the point, you know, or Fultz or whatever he gives you. And then use Ben Simmons as a screener. You know, they trap off the screen or maybe have like, you know, maybe Jimmy Butler's running that, that pick and roll with Ben Simmons. Where if they trap him off that screen, he can drop it down to Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons is rolling towards the basket already. And he can make those Draymond-like decisions, you know, in that, that high post area where he gets the pick. Um you know, he sets the pick, you know, Jimmy Butler comes off, maybe, you know, threads the needle or throws it over the top. And Ben Simmons kind of has to just, you know, he catches it, one dribble, either a pass or he's going towards the basket. And he can pick teams apart from that position and, you know, just get a little more, more creative with that offense. Um, so, like I said, I don't think that Jimmy Butler was necessarily wrong. But when you have, you know, somebody coming out like that, of course, they're going to start all these, all these, um, you know rumors and everything and you know he's clashing with the coach or da, 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 da. I, I don't i don't think that that's what it is but you know it's all about clicks nowadays and people are going to always going to um 
you know, have the hot takes and everything. But so I wouldn't say that's as much of a coaching turmoil as like the Los Angeles situation, especially because Philly's winning at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're a good team. So it's kind of hard to justify firing a coach of a good team. Um, I can't remember the last time that's been done. You know, it probably has been done, but you know, um, you can't, you can't fire Brett Brown. Um, but you know, maybe having a guy like Jimmy Butler in his ear a little bit, you know, will do some do some help. You know, uh, help them out a little bit. Um, but you know, besides those little problems, um, I don't think that that Philly's gonna, um, you know, have any trouble during the playoffs. I think they'll be a. I think they're gonna be better than last year, especially like I said with Jimmy Butler to have that guy down the stretch to be able to hit those big shots. Um, I think that, like I said, I think they're gonna be fine. Um, but what's going on in Los Angeles, on the other hand, it's a little more shaky because they're kind of trying to buy time until LeBron gets back. And who knows where it'll be when LeBron gets back. Um, he's going to get reevaluated. And I think they said in a week, um, I think we have about four more games, three more games in between that period. So, I mean, who knows where we'll be. Let's say we lose, lose three in a row or something. We're out of the playoffs. I mean, you know, heads might start rolling. Um, but, you know, enough about, you know, the coaches and everything. Um, I do want to bring up, um, Luka Doncic and and the rookie sensation that we're kind of seeing. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was going to say he was the best rookie I've seen since, like, hmm, I can't remember the last time. You know, before, I would just say, but then I thought about Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons was ridiculous for his rookie year. A lot of people kind of underappreciated. It. It's a little weird now, the hate for ben, that Ben Simmons get, because he he's so good, especially his rookie year. He was so good, and maybe because he wasn't a true rookie, um, doing a rookie, the true rookie in quotation marks. Maybe because he wasn't the true rookie that he just won't get that same type of love. But um, I think Doncic is yeah the best rookie since we've seen since Ben Simmons, which is not saying a lot because that was last year. But before that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going back year by year. Um, Towns was really good. I think Doncic is going to be better than Towns. Um, yeah, as I keep going back, it's kind of hard to find one. I think it's going to impact a league. I mean, the Mavericks are already better um, as a team with him. And I was, I'm not going to say that's all him. You know, they have a, a, a solid roster behind them. But in Dallas 18 and 20. I didn't see him being this good. Um, they're kind of, you know, in that fighting chance for for a playoff spot. They just lost tonight to the um, the Boston Celtics. But but Dantage is, is, is special, man. I know a lot of people don't, don't think that he's that guy. But, I mean, from everything I've seen, I, I think he's going to be the next um, – the next, like, you know, he's not going to be an all-star probably this year, even though he's getting a lot of votes. I think he's going to eventually die down. I don't think he's an all-star this year, but, I mean, next year, two years, I don't see a reason why. Um, let's pull up his numbers real fast. He's, his numbers aren't, like, anything amazing. It's not really his numbers because he plays on a team where, you know, he has to share ball handling duties with, you know, um, Dennis Smith Jr., and then he's not also not taking a, a ton of shots a game. But, you know, he's at 19.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Um Currently shooting 43.6% from the field, 37% from three, um, 76% from the free throw line. So, like I said, not nothing, you know, out of this world, but those are really good stats, especially for a rookie. Um, and uh, I was talking on Twitter earlier today about, you know, buying a, a Doncic jersey, but he's one of my favorite players to watch, um, especially his IQ is off the charts. Um, and I think that, you know, he kind of gets to that year, a lot of that European bias. Um, I had somebody on Twitter today talking about, that they don't understand why he gets the hype that he gets. Um, and the 
I think the hype comes from it's a combination of a lot of things. I feel like one of them is I mean, be honest, because he, he is European, you know, uh, he's that the next European star. Um, you know, Dirk is on his way out. Porzingis is a little banged up, so he's kind of like that storyline. You know, everybody loves clicks. Everybody loves the stories, especially the NBA. And Dodge is that guy also, but you know, he's the best European prospect ever. Um, you know, Rubio wasn't as good coming out. I mean, Dirk wasn't as good coming out, of course. Uh, none of them were as good coming out, especially like, you know, rated as high as him. He was supposed to be like the next big thing. And, and for all, my account, um, for all accounts, he's lived up to it. I mean, he he has like a, a very, like, like just a high IQ game, but it combined with like, you know, uh, a flashy, fun type of game that that's the NBA is going to love to sell um, for years to come. Also, you know, he has that, like, kind of white boy swag type thing going on. It's funny, you know. But he's, he's a baller, you know. All the NBA players are, are talking about him. You know, LeBron gave him some love. Um, he has, like, one of the best step backs, you know, we've seen in a while. Um, and like I said, he, he just has that it factor that, that you can't you can't teach what he has. Um, you know, when you give him the ball, for the most part, good things happen. You know, he of course, he's a rookie. He's going to make his mistakes. Um, but, you know, when you give him the ball, good things happen. Um, it's no arguing against, you know, how good he's going to be. Um, and honestly, I don't think, I don't know what his ceiling is. But, you know, him putting up about 20 points a game this young is, is pretty wild. I think he's going to be like a 25, 26, 27 point per game scorer, you know, in his prime. Um, and then when you combine that with like his passing ability and people like to harp on the fact that he's not athletic, but it's like, I mean, he's 6'8". I mean, you can't really teach, you know, he might even grow an inch. He's just 19. He might grow an inch and be, you know, grow to 6'9", 6'10". Um, but right now he, he's so big and he, he's, he's quick, you know, he does, he's not, He's not like he's slow, but he's not like Kyle Anderson. You know, he, he he's very decisive in his movements. Um, his lateral movements are, are really good. And, you know, I'm not here to talk about, you know, his whole draft profile and everything that you get before, you know, somebody's drafted and everything. But, I mean, I can't say enough good good things about the kid's game. Um, and every time I watch him, you know, he's one of those guys where he's, he's going to be one of those guys. If he's not now, he's going to be one of those guys where it's like must-see TV where, you know, Steph is on. I mean, you got to go watch Steph. Um, LeBron, you know, KD when he's rolling. Um, it's certain guys in the NBA, you know, my favorite, some of my favorite people to watch. Um, you know, D'Lo is my guy. Um, love watching him play, especially when he's hot. He's one of the funner players in the league. You know, Kyrie. Um, Doncic to me is going to be in that that category, at least my personal category, and I'm pretty sure everybody's where it's like, oh, Doncic is rolling right now because when he gets going, it's kind of like you just have to watch it because he's kind of unguardable when, when he's doing some of those things that um, you know that he's that that he's out there um, doing on a, on a nightly basis, you know, and he, he's cooked some of the best defenders in the NBA. I mean, you know, people try to say before that you know it wasn't, you know, he's not doing anything special or anything, but I saw him, you know, drop. Drop Paul George, you know, gave Avery Bradley the fits. Um, he, he's doing this against top level NBA players, um, you know, and, and it's fun to see. Um, so that's all I was, you know, out the, you know, planning to talk about today. Um, there's one more topic that I want to throw in here, just something fun to think about. Um, I was thinking about like the the best young cores in the NBA and just where would I rank them. Um, and you know, somebody asked me this question on Twitter. Somebody mentioned it. Maybe I should talk about it, you know, in the next episode. So I thought. You know, I'll go ahead and, and throw it in here. Um, and um, just looking at this, I mean, I had, you know, I was thinking about maybe the Mavericks, but I don't think their core is that great outside of Doncic and maybe Dennis Smith. 
Um, I'm going to throw the Kings in there, you know, even though they're, they're young core, um, quotation marks, um, you know, with uh, um, Bogdanovich. And when you throw in Buddy Heald in that, I mean, they're both a little old. I think they're both like 25, 26 years old. So I wouldn't necessarily qualify them as young. But I mean, we still have Fox and Willie. Um, you know, they're still still both relatively young, especially Fox. You know, it's only a second year in the NBA. You know, I mean, they're similar in that conversation. Um, and then I threw in the Mavericks. Um, sorry, not the Mavericks. I threw in the, the Hawks, um, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, watching them play. Um, Trey Young to me is going to be, he's going to be good. He's going to be really good. Um, his ability to pass is really good already. His shooting's gotten a little bit better. He's still a little bit erratic. Still takes, you know, kind of bad shots. Or he has these nights. Um, I think tonight when I looked at the box score, I believe he was like one for nine at that point. But he had like nine, ten assists. Um, he might have chalked on more on that, but they were getting blasted by the Bucks. So I wasn't really trying to stick around and, and, and watch that game. Um, but not just him. I think their best player probably is John Collins. I think since he's been back, he's been putting up about like 20 and 11 a game. Um, so, you know, a little love at Atlanta. Their, their core is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good going forward. They're a little unwatchable for me right now. Um, they just, you know, I don't know. It's something about Atlanta. Maybe it's just the, 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 the Hawks as a team, but I don't really like watching them. But when you throw in like Torian Prince or uh, Kevin Herter, sorry about that, Kevin Herter, um, I think they have like some solid pieces going forward to where I think they're going to be a problem in, you know, a couple years. Um, but, you know, I just want to give a little shout-out to them. Of course, you know, the Lakers, um, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram. I know um, I was talking about today, their stock is probably going down a little bit just because we've kind of seen how they looked without LeBron. But there's still, you know, three young, really young players, you know. Um, you can't really put a ceiling on these guys. I know, you know, Lakers fans, including myself, like to put the, the microscope on them after every loss. But, I mean, like I said, they're still all very young players. Um, so, you got kind of got to get these things time and then another team um, of course the celtics i mean you got to throw them in there they have a lot of um young talent but i mean we we don't know jalen brown's been eh, and and rosier has been eh. uh, tatum is still tatum um that's like their, their three of the young core you know Kyrie's still relatively young um but I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if Brown or or, or Rosier are gonna even stick around for for you know the long haul. But you know, I throw them in there. Um, so like I said, if you guys have anything else you guys want to hear in the future episodes or anything, um, any feedback for this episode, any feedbacks for you know anything going forward, um, you guys have any comments or ratings, you know, like I said, they would be greatly appreciated. Um, you guys are welcome to give me a follow on Twitter at NBA Young Drew. That's my same Instagram. Um, or follow the podcast page at the lost art pod um the lost art capital pod um you know welcome to come by and chat i'm always talking basketball on the timeline um and like i said i appreciate you guys for for giving me a listen um if you guys don't have you know anything you guys want to talk about i'm down for it um so thank you guys for listening to episode two hope to guys see you next week for episode three um i plan on having a guest for this episode i have a couple names on the top of my head i'm gonna reach out to them probably now, um, now, you know, I got my, a couple of my roommates um, that said they they probably would want to do it. And also um, people like in the Los Angeles area, people on Twitter um, that I kind of like talking to about basketball and I kind of want to get their opinions on it. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, a timeline and everything to, to get everybody who's asked me and also get other people to kind of, you know, get this thing going. But um, thank you guys for coming out and giving me a listen. My name is Drew. Until next time.
Yo, had to get my, had to get my, had to get my numbers up. Last time wasn't enough, so I had to double up. They was never down for me till they see me coming up. Now they wanna be one of us, cause I got the city jumping like a double dust. Shorty looking like she got a tummy tuck and a butt shot. The way that thing poke out, fiend, know you know now. Used to post on the block with the four pound.